0: Today I want to talk about the good things that we were taught as children if we had good parents that actually really messed us up. A lot of us grew up in the generation where we were taught to be polite, share, say hi, give hugs to grandma or auntie or uncle when they came to visit, let your friends play with your toys, all of these things that were considered at the time to be teaching us to be polite individuals or nice children. And really, actually, what I'm finding more and more is that this absolutely messed us up as adults. So let's get into this a little bit, all right? When you're taught, or if you're teaching your children that they have to give hugs or kisses or shake hands with somebody that they don't want to touch what you're actually being taught or teaching is that their physical comfort and physical boundaries don't matter. When you were taught that when you're playing with a toy and another child wants it, that you have to share or have to give it to them, what you're actually being taught is that their wants and needs trump your wants and needs. If you were taught as a child that Good children don't cry or ask for things or say no. You are being taught that your personal boundaries, wants, needs, and opinions don't matter. That good children, good people don't do those things. And for the children that grew up wanting to make their parents happy, wanting to be obedient, and tried to fit this mold of a good child and a good person, what ends up happening is that they become adults that really struggle with where their boundaries are. They struggle with the concept of being mean or pushy or rude. They struggle with saying no when somebody's pushing on their physical boundary. They are very concerned with causing a scene making a fuss, drawing attention to themselves. They are very likely to go without so somebody else can have something. And this can manifest in a lot of different ways. This might be somebody being very silent when they and a coworker worked on a project and the boss is saying, who did most of this? And the coworker is being very boisterous and taking a lot of credit and talking themselves up. And then the individual raised like this might just be very silent because they don't want to be contradictory or they don't want to make it appear as if they're saying that their coworker is lying. They don't want to have the attention on themselves. This might look like any individual, male or female, out on a date or in a date type setting, interacting with somebody and that person wanting to touch them on the shoulder, touch their elbow, touch their lower back, give them a kiss. And even though everything in their selves, in their body is screaming, I don't want this contact, they don't say no, they don't stop it. Maybe they smile slightly and look away or just stand there and take it because they don't want to be rude. They don't want to put off this other person. Some part of them really believes what they were taught as a child, that this other person's wants and needs trumps your desire for personal comfort and safety. There are a lot of other rules like this and so many other consequences, but I hope you're starting to get the idea of the correlation between this type of parenting and and the long-term negative effects it has in the adult that was raised this way. Now, I want to make sure that Your understanding that at the time, this was considered appropriate parenting. This was considered good parenting. I don't think that anyone's parents set out to do them harm by raising them this way. In fact, maybe many of you have parented your children this way with the idea that these were the appropriate parameters to put on a child. I know when I was raising my children in the daycare sitting or playgroup setting, I heard many parents say things like this. You have to share, you have to give your friend a hug, you have to let them try. You won last time, don't beat them this time, let them win. Many different variations of this idea that being polite, being nice, being good equals you don't get to have boundaries and self-respect or ask for respect from others. So I just want you to take a moment to let this kind of sink in. Again, if you parented this way, I am not saying that you were a bad parent. You did what you thought was best with the information that you had at the time. I would invite you after listening to this podcast in full to maybe have a conversation with your children, but certainly if you were parented this way and you're finding in your adult life that it is affecting you, I want to address that today. So if you find that in your day-to-day interactions, in your relationships, in the work environment, even with somebody in public, a stranger that you're going to have a 10-second interaction with, if you're finding that this is a struggle for you, that you tend to stay quiet, let them go first, let them take the last item, not speak up for yourself, not stop that physical interaction or any of those things, this might be at the core of that. And we do tend to label this as a self-esteem issue. And of course it is because as a child, you were taught to not have good self-esteem. You can't have good self-esteem and believe that you, your wants, your needs, and your boundaries don't matter. So I want to talk about how we can work around this and get to a better mindset about yourself, understanding what may very well be at the core of what is going on for you. So the first thing, of course, is to recognize where some of that self-esteem issue may be coming from. I always find it so helpful when dealing with my clients to be able to pinpoint where exactly self-esteem started to go off track. Because let me tell you, no baby comes into this world and thinks, "Eh, I'm not as good as the other babies. I'm not as cute as the other babies that never crosses a baby's mind, even as they begin to walk or crawl. Sit up, feed themselves, it doesn't cross their mind. I may not be worthy of the love and attention that I'm getting. I may not be as good as another baby. Now, if you've ever seen children that are very close in age or twins, you will certainly see a bit of maybe jealousy or frustration if one is accomplishing a new skill faster than the other. But that doesn't translate yet to I'm not good enough. Not yet. That part comes a little later. I bring this up to say, nobody is born with good cause to have low self-esteem. Nobody is born with low self-esteem. What is often the case though, is whatever triggered the beginning of low self-esteem happened at such a young age that you don't remember before that incident took place. So it is important to recognize you were born with worth and a right to your boundaries and a right to respect. And somewhere along the line, in those early years of development, something happened to trigger for you, the belief that no, you don't deserve those things, but none of that is actually true about you. This is really important. It's not true. So now that we know that it's not true, and for a lot of you, maybe you're beginning to see where that may have started, we can start to look at what else may be true for you. If this is not true, what may be true? And what may be true is that in your parents' attempt to do the best job they possibly could for you, they really messed up. That's actually okay, because what that means is there was a mistake, and the information you got from that mistake is inaccurate and you can start to let it go. This is what I spend a lot of time with my clients on is letting that old belief go. Because believe it or not, even though the new belief is so much nicer, it's really easy to hang on to that old belief. I want you however to start thinking about why you feel this way about yourself and letting it go. Because here's the reality, even as an infant, That child, that baby has the right to personal space. Even as an infant, that baby has the right to cry or squirm or turn their head away if they do not want to interact with somebody. An infant has the right to cry and scream in order to get their needs met. You are born with those rights and those rights don't ever go away. A child has the right to say, I don't feel comfortable having this person touch me or hug me or kiss me. I don't feel comfortable sitting on this person's lap. I have as much right to this toy as any other child has a right to this toy. I have a right to my cookie as much as any other child has a right to their own cookie. Children have this right. They are a human being, and these are built-in, God-given rights. So you, as an adult, still have those rights. We just need to help you find your voice. We need to help you have the courage to stand up for yourself. We need to deal with that part of your brain that is saying, nope, you're being mean, you're being rude, you're not being very nice, that's not how good people act. We need to deal with that part of it. And the beginning of that is when you hear that, you need to respond and you need to say, no, I have a right to say, don't touch me. I have a right to say, that's my shopping cart. I have the right to say, actually, boss, I helped a ton on this project. A lot of this project is me. You have the right. When that voice in your head starts to argue with you on that and make you feel bad about yourself, you have to stand up for you because you've been living all of these years with this belief and understanding and way of operating. It's not going to go away overnight, but it will start to fade as you stand up for yourself. As you recognize where it came from, as you recognize that you never should have been taught that, and as you recognize that you have these rights and you start to stand up for yourself, it's going to feel weird at first. You're probably going to have an interaction, and then after the fact, you're going to be second guessing yourself. You're going to be wondering if you handled it wrong. You're going to be wondering if you came off as mean or rude. And I want to tell you right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Maybe you did come off as mean or rude. That doesn't change the fact you had a right to stand up for yourself. And this is a new skill. Just like a teenager behind the wheel of a car and they overcorrect left and then they overcorrect right and then they hit the brakes way too hard and then they gas it way too hard. You have to get the feel of this. There's going to be times where you come across too harsh. There's going to be times where you are being too loud or too firm. There's going to be times where you walk away and go, yeah, actually I was kind of mean on how I handled that, but that's okay. During the learning process, as you fine tune your skill of how to do this with grace and empathy and confidence and as much pleasantness as the situation warrants while still standing firm for yourself. So give yourself some grace and some patience and some forgiveness as you work through this. Don't let that part of it The afterthought of, was I too harsh? Was I too mean? Was I too loud? Don't let that part get in the way right now. Just focus on practicing this skill set and you can fine tune it afterwards. Okay? That's the only thing that that other information is good for is helping you fine tune it. It's not a sign that you shouldn't be doing this. So that is your challenge for this week to give yourself some grace about where this side of your behaviors and thought process come from. Give your parents some forgiveness for teaching you this because they had your best intention at heart and start to undo that way of thinking in your brain by actively rebutting it and taking action. Sloppy, messy, overcorrected action, if it is, that's fine. Still celebrate that. Focus on shifting your mindset to the truth that you have a right to personal space. You have a right to say no, and you have a right to respect. So before we close out today, I want to take a moment and let you know that for Christmas, I thought it would be kind of fun to gift you all the opportunity to ask me some questions and I will answer it in that Christmas episode. The best way for me to keep track of all the questions coming in is if you email them to me. My email is always in the show notes and in the subject line, put Christmas questions. So I will know exactly what the email is for and I will compile as many of them as I can and I will answer them in a Christmas podcast episode. They can be personal questions about my life or my story. They can be questions about being a life coach They can be questions about my book. They can be things that you wish I had addressed on an episode, whatever that you want it to be. I will answer as many as I can in that episode. I'm really looking forward to putting this together for you all. So send me your questions. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Bye.